to the USA Hockey Podcast, a youth sports conversation focused on providing players, coaches, and parents with engaging and informative content that they can use at home and at the rink. Tune in as we chat with some of the greatest people around ice hockey and youth sports. Join the discussion on Twitter at USA Hockey Coach. Now, let's drop that puck. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to the USA Hockey Podcast. My name is Zachary Nowak, and today we are talking about something near and dear to me. Uh, we are getting back to the coach's corner here, and we are talking about a much-requested topic uh, from coaches and parents. And that is, uh, we're going to talk about some strategies to work with kids with learning disabilities. Now, I say this is near and dear to me uh, because actually prior to working with USA Hockey, I was an educator and I worked in elementary as education as an intervention specialist. So my role as an educator was to help kids who are identified with special needs, um, who had uh, different disabilities that impacted their learning or their day-to-day -day at school. So as an in intervention specialist, I worked in a few different school districts. I started, I went to, to school at, at Kent State and, and studied as an intervention specialist, uh, then did my student teaching in a school that was um, for kids with multiple disabilities, and then uh, went in and became a special education assistant at a school. Um, it, it was more of an inclusive setting, so we we're along with uh, other typical kids, but I was working with kids with um, moderate uh, to severe behavior needs. And then I ultimately settled in at a school closer to home and worked there for about three years as an intervention specialist working with kids with more uh, mild to moderate needs. Uh, so I was working with kids who had ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, autism, uh, some other different disabilities that impacted their learning. And uh, I don't claim to be an expert because I was in the teaching profession for about four or five years, uh, but I do feel there was a lot that I learned in my time studying in college and my time teaching as a professional that I think could help us uh, within our practices, within working with our kids, and, and even working with a really important piece, which is the parents. So, uh, you know, really at, just to kind of dive into this, the first thing I want to talk about is... Um, how important it is for us to understand that uh, this is important for kids with learning disabilities and, and typical children, but every child is a child first. And so we often hear people label kids as uh, the ADHD kid or the autistic kid, but uh, understand that it's not really the most inclusive language for us to use, and, and they're a child first. While it's not our role to talk about their disability, nor in my eyes should we be really referencing it all, if we are having conversations uh, about kids with disabilities, though, it is important to remember that they are a child first. And, you know, we might be saying things such as, hey, you know, I, I, I'm having a conversation where I, I might say something like, hey, I'm working with a, a kid with autism. Do you have any strategies to help me? In that example, I, I made sure that I referenced the kid that ultimately it's a kid first, right? This may seem like a small thing to use inclusive language here, but I know that fellow educators, parents, and kids, this is all really important stuff for us to understand. And I do think the majority of coaches do understand that. And uh, they understand that, <clears throat> you know, ultimately they are a, a child and a, a kid that we're working with. And um, with that said, we do understand that a child is not just a child, but they're an individual. And 
you know, really understanding all of our kids is important for our success as a coach and in teaching the game of ice hockey. And one thing I would recommend just kind of really getting started uh, into this is that talk to and build great relationships with parents uh, at the start of the year, reach out to all your parents uh, you could do this informally. You could provide a survey, but really asking them, you know, are what is important for me to know about helping your child learn? Ask if there's any strategies at home or at school that uh, that teachers or your parents find to be effective when working with with your child. And this would be a great way to not just build relationships with with the parents, but also really start to understand all of your kids, not just the kids with who happen to have learning disabilities. You're likely to pick up a few strategies, uh, once again, from from maybe the parents, but also maybe there's some stuff that, that teachers use with that child at, at school to help with assignments, to help with behavior, motivation, testing, and, and, and a lot more. Many kids with disabilities uh, likely, or if they're identified, uh, they might have in school what's called an IEP or an individualized education plan. And while you definitely would not want to ask a parent if their kid has an IEP, uh, there's some legal implications for sure about asking about disabilities, but also uh, it can be incredibly rude to ask that. Uh, but this may be a resource for parents to use in understanding what have teachers found best works to accommodate their child's needs in school. Uh, so if you're a parent listening to this at this point, um, take a look and, and see it. You know, my kid has an IEP. Uh, and I noticed that he has extended time in this or she has uh, preferential seating here. These are all things that the school and, and the educators have identified as things that help uh, your child learn. So take a look at that and, and you can share some things that, hey, this is what the school has found to help my child with learning. Um, once again, as the coach, you might send out that survey and parents might come back to you with a few of these things that that can help. And so I'd like to walk through maybe a handful of these accommodations that I've used and experienced in my time teaching that I feel may be uh, applicable to those that are working with kids with different needs. And I, I want to start with one thing that's commonly heard is that kids, you know, kids learn in different ways and they have different learning styles. While, yes, kids learn at different rates and people likely have some learning preferences, the idea of having learning styles is not necessarily something that is well supported. But what is well supported is uh, providing multimodal learning environment, meaning that we allow our kids to hear it, see it and do it. And oftentimes we're pretty good at this at coaches, but understand that there's a lot of different ways and different strategies that we can use this uh, idea. And we're going to kind of discuss quite a few of these as we move through uh, the podcast here today. So as a coach, it's important that we explain that activity or skill to the players in small digestible chunks. We want to allow them to see the drill, maybe showing a quick demo or even using an iPad or some technology, send it in an email uh, of the activity or the drill or the skill that you're you're working on. And then ultimately, we want to allow them to, to go out there and do it right. We want to get reps. We know how important reps are. Uh, in the learning process, especially especially when we're talking about motor movements. Um, <clears throat> now, while I agree that most coaches normally uh, do these things, there are often quite a few common errors that we see in the process that can distract from the message and really impact our kids who have learning disabilities. 
One of those being is that we can oftentimes overcomplicate our activities and skills. It's really important for us as coaches, just keep it simple. If a drill lasts, uh, if a drill explanation, I should say, lasts more than 15 seconds, it's too long, right? Find a way to break it up into smaller chunks. Uh, educators use this. They talk about breaking assignments up into smaller, more manageable parts. Uh, but as a coach, I might use this within my activities. So for example, I may want to do a small area game that focuses on quick attack off the forecheck. So I may set up the game by setting up nets cross ice and just saying to the kids, cross ice 3v3, one point for a goal. Now go play. Then as the coach, I may intentionally dump pucks behind the net uh, of the teams to force this breakout forecheck type play. Once again, that explanation might take five, six seconds, right? Uh, then after a few minutes, I may bring the kids in. I may draw a line down the middle using an ice marker. And I might say, may, might say if the defending team causes a turnover uh, before the line, they get a point. So if they cause a turnover in their offensive zone, they get a point. Go play. Once again, this is, might take me another five, six, seven seconds. Uh, let them play. Let them start to figure this rule out. And then I may say, okay, now I'm changing the rule again here. If you score a goal within five seconds of causing a turnover in your offensive zone, it is now worth two points. If you score a normal goal, still worth one. Go play. So now we've taken this activity and we've broken it up into smaller, more di digestible parts for our kids. And so not only will this help our, our kids with learning disabilities break these rules up into smaller, easier to digest parts, but all of our kids will really start to understand what they need to do in this activity. And it will centralize your focus as a coach and what you want to see your players do. We can use the same strategy to help with how we, uh, how we demo skills or how we talk about skills. Because if we're standing up at the board or demoing a skill for five minutes, more than likely our message has been lost along the way somewhere. So keep, the, keep things simple. Focus on one or two parts of that skill. Let the kids see you do it or have someone demo it or maybe once again, send them a video ahead of time and then get them out there practicing. Right? If it is something that takes a long time, as I said, uh, find a video, maybe take a video of yourself explaining it ahead of time or find a video on YouTube explaining the activity or the skill or whatever it might be. Send it to your team ahead of time. Uh, this while not everyone may watch it or not everyone may see it, this could be a great way to help all players. Uh, then when they get into practice, they've already heard it. You might repeat that message to them again quickly, but now we're getting right into those reps. And this is very similar to another strategy that's used within education. And they would call this a flipped classroom where actually the teachers uh, create video lectures and the video lectures are sent home for homework. And then once they get into the class, the expectation is they've watched the video uh, and they've learned from this video. But now once we get into class for the next 45 minutes, we are interacting with the information that was in the video. So if I'm in science and we're doing an experiment, I'm not going into the class to then relearn the chemical structure of what we're about to combine. I know that coming in and I have an idea of that coming in. Now we're going to go out and we're going to actually combine those chemicals and we're going to go out and do it. Right. So 
the more effective and quickly we can get our message across to our players, the more efficient we will be with our ice time, which will allow our players to get more reps. And also, uh, we know that in certain parts of the country, ice is really expensive. And we don't want to waste time at the board five, ten minutes talking about a skill or drill when there may be more efficient methods that are better for all players for learning. So we do know that some kids, this hearing it one time or even two times may not be enough. Uh, and some kids process information slowly uh, or slower than others, I should say. That is okay, right? There's definitely a few things that we can do to help these players out as well. One, checking for understanding is really important for anyone that's taken our curriculum. You know that checking for understanding is something that we do before we send the coaches into breakouts, uh, but it's something that we emphasize to make sure you do with your players. And that's after you explain an activity, check with your players. Um, hey, little Johnny, what are what is one way that you can score points in this game? And then he's going to have to repeat back to me, oh, you know, I score points in this game by um, scoring a goal within five seconds of a turnover. Right? If I'm um, if I demo an activity or sorry, demo a skill and I have my one to two focus points, then, you know, I, I might ask them, hey, what's one thing you're going to focus on in this next drill? So just by asking one, this gives players who process a little bit slower it allows them time to think about, okay, this is what I'm going to go do next. Uh, also, as a coach, it provides some really good feedback on your explanation because if you explain something and all of the kids return back to you with something that was totally off base of what you wanted to get across, that's a time for you to look and say, uh, maybe that wasn't my best explanation or maybe that wasn't my best demonstration or is, maybe is there a better way for me to get this message across? But... Now you as the coach, you know that when they leave you, um, the message that you sent is clear and everyone understands it. Once again, that might still not be enough and that's okay. You may even need to be intentional about where do you, you know, where do you sit kids in a, a classroom setting if you're doing film or you're having a conversation off ice or, um, you know, where does the kid sit when or take a knee when the coach is talking? Do you have them at the front? Do you have them at the back? Are they kind of wandering around? Uh, in education, we would call this preferential seating. And this preferential seating can be really important as uh, where they are relative to everything else on the ice can impact their attention, their vision, their hearing, and ultimately their understanding of the information. So you may have this kid be be a being a little bit intentional about, hey, you know, little Johnny, come on up front. Hey, I just I want you to be at the front when we go to the piles. Your goal is to be the first one in into the into the conversation. I want you to sit right at the front. And so little Johnny finds his way, gets to the very front, um, and now he can hear, see. There's not the, all the distractions that might be in the way. They're they're behind him now. You may still have a kid that struggles though, and. Uh, so after after you break out the group, you may have a coach that goes and, and checks in uh, with the individual and, and maybe just checks for understanding on an individual level before they start the activity. You could even have a buddy system where kids pair up in practice and you might say, hey, you need to keep track of your buddy throughout, you know, as you go station to station, make sure you tag with your buddy and hold hands or whatever it might be, tag your buddy before you move on to the next station and then tag them when you get to the next station. You might even uh, do this with some of the older 
maybe we call them student coaches or players who are on uh, the 16U team helping out with the 10U team and having them hop on the ice and say, hey, I want you to work with little Johnny and little Billy and whoever else. And, you know, after the after I explain the activity, I want you to go check in with them. Maybe you allow that player to start at the back of the line and just say, hey, I want you to watch these first few reps and uh, just observe what you see so that when it's your turn, you know exactly what to do. You might even go back and grab that on ice marker that I mentioned from the four checking activity. And if you have an activity where maybe you have to skate around a certain direction or you have to turn a certain way, maybe you draw arrows and just take all the confusion out of, am I supposed to go left, then right, then straight, then back and forwards or whatever, and actually draw the direction that you want your players to go. And we can kind of cut out all the confusion that goes along with the fact that we just want them working on their turns or their crossovers or their forward backward skating or their transitions or whatever it may be. All right. Now, the last thing that I want to recommend uh, thinking about is the idea of rewarding behaviors that we want to see in our players. We've talked about this before in relation to our practice design, uh, but what about in terms of behaviors we want to see in our players uh, and, and maybe what, what are some of your core values as a coach? and what you want to see your team do. So we had what many schools have uh, when I was teaching, and uh, that was a positive behavior support system. And uh, this system for our school was that we had a certain set of core values that we believed in that, that students should showcase uh, as an individual that will help them long term. And whenever a kid showcased any of those core values relative to who they are and what they're currently working on and doing, they would receive what was called a bulldog buck. Now, that was because the, the team mascot was a bulldog for the high school. Um, but when someone did something that met the core values of the school, they would get a bulldog buck. And at certain times of the year, the kids could spend their bulldog bucks on fun prizes. Now, I'm not saying you have to start this uh, elaborate uh, support system for all of your players and go out and buy and purchase all these supplies. While that could be an option, uh, what I would like you to just think about is the idea of rewarding behaviors we want to see. Right. So an example of this could simply be positive verbal reinforcement or what I like to call pumping the kids tires. Right. So when you see uh, a kid doing something that you like that upholds the values that you want to see your players show. Right. You pump their tires. You get them excited about what they're doing and that they are showcasing what you want to want that to see them do. So for an example, if I see um, a kid, maybe little Billy is, is struggling with when I blow the whistle, uh, coming in and taking a knee right away. The single time that I see Billy do that correctly, I might go up to Billy maybe in the moment or maybe afterwards. And I might say, Hey, Billy, I love the way when I blew the whistle, you came right in and took a knee. What I did there is I labeled the behavior, Billy, I love the way that you came right in at the whistle and took a knee. And then I told them how exceptional that was. I love the way that you do that, Billy. It's important that we do do this as soon as we can. Uh, we don't want to wait till the end of practice where there's been a million other things that have happened in between then. We do want to make sure that we try and reinforce this uh, behavior sooner than later because uh, it'll be more likely that our kid is going to be uh, remembering it, remembering what they did, and that that behavior will 
will be reinforced. So maybe something you might do is think about your team like the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. A little biased being from Ohio here, but uh, they always have the uh, the stickers on the back of their helmets for when they do certain things. So maybe you buy a, a pack of small stickers and maybe you talk to your team about certain team values. And these team values could be just being a good teammate, working hard, challenging yourself and, and showing respect and, and so on. There's so many different things that you as a coach can use. And each each of these behaviors will, will look different for each kid and some will need more reinforcement than others to help with that desired behavior change. But once again, maybe little Billy comes in for the first time you've seen him all year, comes in, takes a knee right away. Billy, I love the way you came in. You took a knee. Go go to Coach uh, Coach Mark and, and get a sticker. And the kid's so excited, smile on their face. They go get a sticker, put it on the back of their helmet. And, and throughout the year, all of these kids are, are collecting stickers. And once again, little Billy might just simply be working on the idea of when the whistle blows, he comes in and he takes a knee. Um, while little Jenny might be working on something different, she might be working on uh, something more focused around good communication with, with her teammates. Right? And so maybe you can do individual things that these kids are working on, or maybe you can do these, these larger core values. Um, but as I said, the really important thing is pump their tires, get them excited about what they just did and then continue to reinforce that behavior. And now as they get better and better at this behavior, you might start to focus on different things or might kind of start to push them a little bit in terms of the challenge of, of the reinforcement, right? So now they gotta work a little bit harder uh, to get that positive reinforcement or even to, to go out and get that sticker. Um, but ultimately we're looking to kind of create some, some behavior change. So for your kids that maybe need help with something related to attention. You could look to target some of these behaviors. So for example, once again, maybe it's our, our buddy, little Billy, uh, who struggles with that attention piece and focusing while the coach is talking. You might tell Billy ahead of time, hey, uh, Billy, before, before I explain this next activity, I'm gonna call on you and I want you to tell the group about what our next activity is gonna be. So be ready for when I call on you. So now you've primed Billy a little bit. They're focused. They're, they feel like they're working on something really, really important, which they absolutely are. And then you go up, you explain the activity, and you say, okay, Billy, can you repeat back to us the, the activity? And you're checking for understanding, which you are hopefully doing with all of your activities. But now you're saying, little Billy, can you, or, uh, Billy, can you, uh, can you tell us about what, what are, what are going to be some important things for us to do in this next activity? And if and if he does a, a really good job in terms of explaining back some of the details of the activity, once again, relative to little Billy, then afterwards you may say, Billy, that was amazing. I love the way that you were so focused. I loved your attention. You were looking right at me the whole time I was explaining it, and you did an exceptional job repeating back to the other players of the team what we're going to do next. Go see, go see Coach Mark and get yourself another sticker. Right. And so hopefully we start to see some progress in relation to their attention. But it's all about making sure that we we mark it and reinforce it and just pump their tires. Now, these are just a few strategies that you may be able to use in your practice to not just help kids with learning disabilities, but help all of your kids better understand what you're trying to teach as a coach. 
these strategies may work just fine for your kids, but ultimately all your kids um, are different and need to be treated as individuals. So uh, my best advice would be to one, have patience, uh, but then to build great relationships with parents and learn how you can best work and help their child on, on their learning journey through hockey. Have lots of conversations with the parents. Uh, I wouldn't do anything that would make a child feel different. I would just make sure to have those conversations with parents. Hey, I'm trying to work on this with little Billy. I was wondering if if it was okay if I tried this or maybe I paired little Billy up with uh, little Jenny. Right, Have those conversations with the parent. Um, let them know, have open, honest communication uh, is definitely the best method for going about all of these types of changes because I, I think that parents are going to be invested in helping their kid uh, become more attentive, um, helping their kid become more respectful, uh, and all sorts of things that we know that hockey doesn't just teach hockey skills, uh, but it teaches us how to be better human beings. So thank you to everyone that has made it this far. If you have any questions, concerns, or great ideas, uh, please follow us on Twitter at USA Hockey Coach, or send me an email personally at zachary.nowak at usahockey.org. I look forward to hearing from you all and chatting soon. Thank you.